1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Resource, real talk about real estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. Welcome. And uh, I'm fired up today, Jay. I, we, we got to talk a little bit before we started recording today, but we were talking about something that I, I've got some pet peeves to, to get off my chest <laughs>
0: today. I, I have a feeling these pet peeves may be in opposition to my opinion. Not always.
1: and No, Jay and I are of the same mind on a lot of things, but uh, coming from different amounts of real estate experience. We have different feelings about some certain sales practices, uh, some things that realtors do that may or may not be effective. So today I want to talk about all the old school conventional wisdom and you know, all the things from a bygone era that just need to die already. just things that need to go. like things that aren't working, they're not turning into more success in your business. They turn people off and people complain about it. So these are sales practices that don't have a place in the modern real estate world. That's going to be my argument. And Jay, I want to have you input what you think as compared to someone like me, someone that's newer to the business with less experience, uh, but a little bit younger, not a ton younger, but a little bit younger, and someone who's been in the business for a long time has achieved a lot of success. What things do you think need to go and which things do you think deserve their place and get to stay? That's what we're going to talk about today.
0: No, I'm with you, man. And I, I think that this I love this topic, and it it could be a little. I can tell you're a little you're a little salty today. I've got some ideas. Gabe's got Gabe's got a little bit of little bit of. Uh, I'm not gonna say what my grandfather would say about this, but he's got <laughs> his, his juices are flowing. Like he's ready to he's ready to uh, to speak his mind, and I like that because I frankly believe that opinions is something that real estate are, professionals are not short on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> everybody's got
0: an opinion, okay? And I couldn't tell you if I had a dime for every time I've heard, well, that won't work in my market, mm-hmm. or I'm just, that's not me, or any of that. It fires me up a little bit, but I do understand it. There's, there, there's a modicum of understanding to be had about people's you know propensities and talents and skills and how they flush out. But, but... There's a time and a place for a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Some things need to die, but some things work for some people. So.
1: And another thing I'll add before you know before I dig my grave too deep, I will say that some things don't work for some people, and they complain about them because they don't know how to work them effectively. And we're going to talk about that a little bit too. I don't, there's some things that people are calling for the death sentence on. Facebook is a great place to find these opinions like you mentioned. And there's a bunch of pages that I'm a member of that host tons of realtors from around the country. And they all join in a chorus together of dismissing one thing or another, open houses, holding open houses is a great example. And uh, personally, I think that you can actually turn a lot of business from an open house and it's good for your clients too, if you know how to work it. So I want us to kind of back and forth these things. That's a great
0: example. Yes. People that aren't, either educated or willing aren't educated on the, the the things that make an endeavor successful or not willing to put forth the effort or expend the resources so they kind of couch something as dead or dying or you know uh, uh, not a useful you know part of of how they should spend their time that is short-sighted yeah it's short-sighted so Let's jump right into it, dude. Yeah. Okay. So, two goals
1: today. One to let people know the stuff they should stop doing and the things they should start doing better. But my first question for you, Jay, is why do you think that there are so many persistent things that we would call maybe old school that are still around? You know, if you say that new school is like internet leads and Zillow and and using automation, like we talked about with Dustin a couple of weeks ago, um, that's new school. If you're talking about old school, maybe people think of Open houses or, you know, just taking calls off of yard signs. And there's all kinds of different things. Billboards, bus, bus benches. Bus bench ads. That's, that, <laughs> that, that's yeah. me. Yeah. So why do you think there's so many old school – I still see billboards. I still see phone book ads. I, I got a phone book in the mail the other day. I was excited for only one reason, because I was going to try to rip it in half. And uh, <laughs> I, I didn't succeed. But – that's the only reason I get out of bed for a phone book. So, but there were realtor ads in it. So, you know,
0: I've seen someone actually rip a phone book
1: in half. No, there's there's supposedly a way
0: that even anybody can do well, it. Well, they prep I it ahead of time, but that's that's neat to here. They go inside, you can't see, and they slit the pages. Okay, things, whatever. Anyway, and you're supposed to like fold it with a crease, like that kind of deal. <laughs> but my so, point is, it still happens. So you know, why? The reason it happens is because realtors are creatures of habit. You've probably heard me say this before, but the easiest sell in the world. Is a real estate professional. You can sell them almost anything, okay. If if you can show them, make it make it make a decent argument on how you can save time, generate more leads, make things more organized, keep how you can save them from themselves and their own bad habits. They will buy as long as the market's good. Yeah, if the market's good and they're actually making money. They will buy anything to try. They're, they're entrepreneurial by spirit. They're they're people that are are solution oriented and they're problem solvers. And so that that leads them to be an easy sell, but they're also creatures of habit. They're less likely to start something, but they're also less likely to stop it. So if, if, you know, Realtor A has been in the business for 30 years and they've had a pretty solid practice for 30 years and 25 years ago, they started spending $500 a year on bus bench ads and their business hasn't tanked even though they can't track or trace any specific piece of business back to that bus bench ad yeah they keep doing it because guess what this is the result that i've gotten and these are the things that i've done to get it
1: if it ain't broke don't fix there's it
0: there's no linkage there though yeah like that's the biggest thing like i track where every penny goes i know the roi on every single thing we do so we may be doing fantastic we may be up 300% you know growth from a couple of years ago but but if Zillow's dead, it's gone. If ROI is not where it needs to be, sayonara, it's gone. And I know the numbers and most agents, to answer your question, they're creatures of habit and they don't know where their business comes from.
1: Yeah. So why change anything and risk the business that they have? Yeah. No, that makes sense. So another thing too that I wanted to touch on before we go into specific things that we may or may not have problems with um, uh, something that I just saw the other day when I was reading one of these long discussions, maybe 400 comments long on a post about open houses as it was. Uh, but people were talking about the NAR, the National Association of Realtors, and how they feel like the NAR is constantly behind the curve. People were talking about they go to third-party companies uh, you know, that we're familiar with a ton of them that provide either more leads or better ways to follow up with your clients. And they were saying, why don't we get this stuff from the, the institution that we pay dues to every year? Why are they not on the cutting edge? What do you say to
0: that? Well, why? I mean, why does the federal government pay one hundred and twenty-five dollars for a paperclip on average? I mean, it's <laughs> bureaucracy, is what it is, Gabe. Yeah. Like, how do you how do you you understand what the NAR is? And maybe our listeners don't. Okay, so uh, uh, allow me some latitude for a moment. Go for it. The NAR has leadership. It's a membership institution. It's it's an institution that is a trade organization of members. The members are made up of. You know they belong to local and state organizations that also, uh, you know, rise to a pinnacle, which is the NAR. So, tons of members nationwide. How do you get any consensus? Like you elect officials, but the officials have an agenda. But they're they've got a checkpoint and a balance like over here, and you know, really, our 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 industry is heavily laden with more experienced. On average, older agents—that you know—a cha- predicates that a changing of the guard is coming. Okay, we talked about the danger rapport. We talked about new, new agents flooding the industry now. Well, there is a void to fill. Okay, and the industry has changed to become attractive to them, but that the, the interests don't sync up, right? So, we're talking about older practices. NAR's leadership is experienced agents. There are some youthful members, yeah. absolutely, but it's hard to drive a cutting-edge agenda with so much bureaucracy.
1: No, I understand. And it's not their not their primary goal either. That's not what no, they exist for. I mean,
0: yeah. To being cutting... I mean, their, their primary goal, and you can read their mission and vision statement, is to support members. So they do it the best way they know how. But that doesn't necessarily mean building a
1: CRM for them or... That
0: doesn't translate to being the most forth, forthcoming with... You know, it's... They sold Realtor.com to Rupert Murdoch. Like the National Association of Realtors owns the trademark Realtor, and they sold Realtor.com to a private institution. I mean, that should tell you something right there, Gabe. Their innovation is not their priority. Okay. And I know, like, there are tons of people out there, probably the same ones putting bus bench ads out that are crying foul over Realtor.com. quota, air quotes. Yeah. Selling us out. No, I've heard it. Yeah. Okay. They didn't sell us out. They do what they do. Yeah. They, they're not a website company. They're not capable. They couldn't keep pace. That's why they sold. Yeah. Zillow destroyed them. That's why they sold. Well. And realtor.com has reemerged. No, yeah. I mean, under, I feel like I see private, a lot of commercials. Under private leadership. No, well, usage, usage is up too.
1: Yeah. Okay. So. Well, speaking of the things people cry foul about, let's, let's just go down the list of some of the things that most popularly show up in these internet feeds, and like, just yes or no. Think it needs to die, or no, it, it, ha- it deserves another chance. Quick response. First of all, open houses. We talked about it a little bit. I'm of the mind, and I can explain if you want me to, that open houses deserve to stay. I don't think the open house as an institution in real estate is dead. What about you?
0: Def- definite stay.
1: Okay. Definite stay. Now. It needs to be done right. I'll be the devil's advocate then and take the position of all the people that say that it does need to die.
0: Okay. The complaint is
1: that it doesn't turn over any new leads. It's a waste of two hours of your life. No one buys a house at an open house. No one comes to an open house. It's all just looky-loos, like tire kickers. That's the main argument. That's why people say it just it needs to go. In the advent of the Internet, the open house doesn't serve
0: anybody any good. It's like everything else, the agent that's marketing the event has to make it valuable. Absolutely. Okay. In, in, a, in a hot market, what could be better than getting multiple interested parties inside the home at a single time showing the desirability, okay, whether it's implied or explicit, right? Whether it's the buyer walking around talking about where their furniture will fit making everybody else think they're going to make an offer or just the insecurity of one buyer looking at the other person across the room thinking they're going to make an offer Mm -hmm. like you know as human beings okay we make purchasing decisions emotionally and we justify them rationally okay any good marketer understands that okay so what could be better now now The person that doesn't get anybody to their open house is either doesn't have a good product or doesn't know how to market it. Well, that's what I was going to say next because your image that you're conjuring up of a
1: living room full of people side-eyeing each other, wondering who's going to make an offer, I mean, it makes sense. But who hasn't held an open house and been the only one in the house for two straight hours or longer?
0: So you catch up on your paperwork.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's why a lot of people say I've held – a hundred open houses in the last few years, and I, I have not traced have one bit of business to an open house. And more often than not, I sit there at the house by myself.
0: They need to turn the accusation around. Mm-hmm. They need to ask themselves why they didn't door knock the neighborhood and invite the neighbors to the open. Oh, house. Oh, don't get me starting on door knocking. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, well, you want to pivot? I had, now, a, feel- I had a feeling we were going to go there. No, let's 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 put a bow on open houses. Sure, market them right, they work. Okay, I know. I hundred percent agree across this country. Okay, across this country that get hundreds of people at an open house. Oh, yeah. Bands playing, food trucks. Well, that's like that's like next level. The, the mega open house. That's a lot of overhead expense, too. you got to know that it works. Okay, so let me ask you this. If you're a real estate professional and you get an audience of neighbors that, I mean, they're captive, right? They can't pick up their house and move. <laughs> nope. You put on an event, they're going to see it. Oh, yeah. What kind of what kind of agent do they want representing them when they think about selling? Someone that does it big. The person that, that was that was the rock star that could get a hundred people to an open house. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: No. Okay, go ahead.
1: So I think that's a good point. I'm 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 of the same mind of you. An open house works if you work it. That's where I'm at. And we, like we don't live in San Diego here. We're in Louisville. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's like I said, it's not San Diego, but it's not a dead market either. But we have good open houses. We get people to open houses, and it's like you said, I think it's about marketing. But it's
0: a little different, like the food truck thing, the bands playing. Like it takes a special listing here to do that. But it, funny enough, the guy that I was talking about is from San Diego. Oh well, that was just coincidence.
1: But speaking of how to market open houses, you touched on one of like the real estate curse words for me, which is door knocking. If you're not familiar with door knocking in your market. Is exactly what it sounds like. It's you take an afternoon and you go knock on doors with flyers and say, hey, we have an open house down the street from you this weekend. would love it if you show up. And what's the purpose of it? You drive attention for your open house, for your seller's listing. You make neighbors think about you and that you're selling your house. On paper, it sounds great, but in my experience... It's just – it's a dying practice that I think it's finally time to euthanize. I, that's how I feel about it. It just doesn't turn into business. And at the risk of sounding exactly like the open house person I criticized a moment ago, I really feel like this doesn't turn into business. Okay. So let me say this.
0: I don't love it. No okay? one loves it. I probably sh- – well, some people do. Don't, okay. don't be general. Okay, you tell me not to generalize. No, I'm okay. stepping back. So I don't love it. I don't enjoy it really. But here's what I'll tell you, Gabe. Um, you're creating degrees of separation between yourself and your competition by doing some of these things. Okay, yes, there is the segment, and I'm sure you're going to make this argument, the segment of the population that really does not trust someone at their front door. It's Myself included. It's nothing but annoyance. It's nothing but frustration. What are you doing? But there are people. There are personalities. There are agents with enough credibility that they can transcend. They sure. can transcend that and you know as well as I do that that getting face to face with a lead is extremely valuable. Yes. Extremely valuable. So, you know, and, and and I would probably couch it by saying this. We know the conversion rates on internet leads which are very of the youthful generation, yeah, okay? Sure. Are extremely low. Like one in a hundred, two in a hundred, five in a hundred, like very small conversion rates on internet leads. Nobody's saying internet leads should die, but I guarantee you, you knock a hundred doors, you're going to have five conversations. Okay. And I guarantee you the result of those five conversations is just as likely to turn into a transaction as as any internet lead.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can see that, but my argument mainly comes from like you said the best of the best agents can transcend i don't doubt it but i mean there's a, a such a high skill requirement to make someone trust you on their front porch when they weren't expecting you and they have no idea what you're selling and i know you're not selling something real estate agents enjoy the the comfort of not actually having to sell sell things to consumers yeah. they're more of a representative but still even though you have all of that helping you out you have to be so good to get someone to like and trust you and i would argue that a rock star agent door knocking will get less success in the same time spent by an average agent just calling internet
0: leads. And you know what? That may be true. I, I think you. everyone knows that I, I am a proponent of leverage. Mm-hmm. And you only have so many hours in a day. So if it takes you four hours to have five conversations that you could have had in 30 minutes from the telephone at arguably the Arguably better, though, because they're face-to-face. Arguably. And, and uh, here's the thing. I think there's a place for both. I'm not saying you need to quit calling internet leads and go out, knock doors instead. But let me tell you something else. Door knocking costs zero. True. Monetarily a cent a piece for black and white flyers. Okay. And a listing to tout. There's somebody in your office. If you don't have any listings that has a listing that they would let you door knock the neighborhood and it'll cost you one cent per black and white piece of paper to print flyers and you knock a hundred doors, guarantee you got a lead that you didn't have before. Okay, internet leads cost money, and the good ones cost a lot of money. No, that's right. That's right. So, so does it need to die? I'm dropping the gavel on this one, buddy. It does not need to die. It
1: just needs to be done better.
0: It needs to be done better, and only by people committed. You're not committed. That's okay.
1: The problem is there's so many people that aren't good at it, doing it that it gives. I think it just creates such a high level of you know, a big boundary to overcome even if you're the best because the people that do knock on your door are of two classes. The salespeople that do it for a living that no one wants knocking on their door and uh, the people that are almost there but not good enough that are making it even harder for the best people. But uh, these are all I could throw complaints at you about. So it here's all day, the thing. Here's the thing. I can door knock and get leads.
0: I'm sure you can. I think I have that skill level. I think
1: I can. I think you do too. But I would have to knock so many doors to make no, it worth my while.
0: No, not necessarily. Okay, but, but that's okay. I'll leave I'll, I'll grant you your argument. I, there's better ways I can spend my time. Agreed. There's better ways I can spend my time. But, so not time to kill it. But, but it. I'm not. I'm not killing it, man. I can't kill it because there are people out there that have enough guts to get into this industry with no promise of any income, that don't have money to spend generating leads, and that is straight sweat equity. Mm-hmm. Get out there and turn those feet over and knock doors and make friends. Like. It's like running for office, man. You're, you're shaking hands and kissing babies. Anywhere you can go to get in front of people, that's where you need to be. No, oh, that's a good point. So there we are. All right. All right. Now I need to give you one that needs to be put to rest. Let's hear it. And so let's see if you'll argue with me. I bet you won't. Okay. But let's hear it. Newspaper advertising. Over. Dead and over. Toast. Get rid of it. I I, 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 I just don't want to hear it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like another one, a Ken the homes book yeah the homes magazine it's in the front lobby area of
1: the walmart and you can pick it up on your way
0: out if you want toast unless you live somewhere where no internet connection exists <laughs> and the only place that you that you can go to get information is the is the the breezeway between the front door and the actual aisles of the supermarket like you don't need a homes magazine and why is it dead because and, and it's a clear
1: answer the reason I don't think you expect me to give you any pushback is because we both understand that if you're marketing, it's about getting in between a potential consumer and something they're going to anyways, like their computer screen. That's why the internet works. People aren't – I mean, newspaper numbers, newspaper subscriptions are way, 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 way down. Newspapers are really struggling to fund themselves right now because it's all online, and people don't even want to buy subscriptions to online. So what's 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 happened to the cost of their advertising? It goes up. It goes
0: up. Yeah. It's so less, it's less it's, useful. <laughs> it's less useful and more expensive. Yeah. Like, I, I'll tell the story. So – I got started in Facebook advertising probably – I'm trying to remember when the ad product was released. I think the end of 2013? Yeah, not too long ago. Okay, four years, something like that. So we were were starting a big push toward open houses. Mm -hmm. Okay, I had – I remember this well. I had represented a lot of foreclosed properties that were ugly that –
1: No sense in doing an open house. No sense
0: in doing open houses. Leads fell off trees for those houses because they were good deals, right? And it was all about how good a deal can I get. So everybody raised their hand. Um, and we were making the transition away from that towards, you know, traditional real estate sales and marketing. And and not that we never did that before, but you know, we were, you know, first 70% REO bank foreclosure then 50% bank foreclosure, then non-existent, like almost in a year. Mm -hmm. And we were making that very quick transition and looking to capture and generate leads. And I had been placing open house ads in the local newspaper It was the only newspaper advertising I did ever at that time was was an open house ad. And that was because the best way for a long period of time to make people understand what your open houses were um, was to put it in the open house section of the Sunday paper. Okay, you did your open house on Sunday. You ran a Sunday open house ad. Literally, people would buy the Sunday paper just to figure out where the open houses were. No, that's true. Okay? And people that never got a paper ever would get up early on a Sunday morning and run out to the convenience store to find out what the open houses were. So literally, I was paying... A hundred dollars a week, wow! To run a minuscule, probably like one centimeter by three centimeters, a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars a week to get about forty-eight characters of print. Like I could literally, if I had a long address, sometimes I couldn't get any features of the home <laughs> in it. Um, so I said to myself, "This is dumb." No, Facebook's free. I started to ask, yeah, and, I, and then so I would post links. And, you know, I would go to the I would go to the open house, and I'd take the Remax balloon, the blow up kind, yeah, and I'd blow it up in the front yard, and take a picture of the house with the Remax balloon in it, and do an organic post on, on my Facebook page, yeah. Um, you know, I'd share it to my personal, I tag people, we tried all kinds of stuff, right, just to get the word out, and then I started looking at this ad platform, and I was like, I wonder what this looks like, and I said, here, let's do a hundred dollar, let's take what we're spending over here, and let's not do a newspaper ad, let's do a hundred dollar Facebook ad, which you can probably imagine then. Because it was so new, it crazy blew spread up. Yeah. like I got 25,000 views, and I thought, what am I going to do? Why am I paying the newspaper? Yeah Like I got all these leads. I mean, I couldn't even call them all. And so anyway, we ended up drastically reducing that. I think we, we did 25 bucks mostly uh, for open house ads. But, but the point is is digital was so much better. Mm-hmm. Than the print advertising, so print advertising is dead. And I started seeing people show up at the open houses quoting the Facebook ad, where I n- I never had a maybe a single person tell me that they saw the open house ad yeah. in the paper. It was just it just didn't happen.
1: Well, I mean, or it's at least like in the said, last couple of years.
0: And it's all about, especially in the last couple of years, it's where
1: your audience moves to. I mean, with this open houses and door knocking are a little more arbitrary, but it's uh, a little there's a little clearer delineation between why newspaper doesn't work but what about something where like a billboard you know i know we we joked on bus benches a minute ago and the placard on the front of a grocery cart yeah. but uh what do you think about billboards because i was really really ready to give it the death sentence when i was thinking about this this week but i'm not 100
0: percent sure what do you think okay so for most people it doesn't work okay for some people, it works marginally well, but you have to understand the difference between direct response marketing and brand engagement marketing. Okay, yeah. So, for example, um, you know our team has a pretty good market presence. If we were to take out billboards, they would actually be effective. Okay, we don't do that because I'm more a proponent of direct response. Okay, okay. We're we're growing new careers. Okay. We have some, some experienced agents that have done very well and have come a long way in a short period of time, but we're all relatively new to the industry. And when, by relatively, we don't have any 20 year vets on our team. Okay. We're two, three, five years. I'm, I'm 10 or so. Um, formally, I guess you could say, uh, we got a lot of new agents. And so we're, we're growing a sphere of influence. Okay. Um, meanwhile, increasing engagement within small spheres of influence. So, for example, a new agent to our team has maybe 100 people they can engage for repeat, for referral business or to help, right? So we're trying to simultaneously create engagement, but we're really trying to grow that sphere. And billboards, they, they increase awareness when yeah. awareness already exists.
1: It's for familiarity almost familiarity. only.
0: It works for Coca-Cola. Yeah. Okay? But you don't see any craft beer, you know, new, the newest, greatest craft beer billboard. Yeah. Like you don't. If there's no brand that exists, you can't engage people to a brand. So that's why billboards work for some and don't work for most. So not necessarily dead, but it's only where applicable. Only where applicable. Not dead. Bus bench ads are dead. <laughs> dead. They're too small. They only work in certain locales. You can only see them if you stop at a stoplight and right next to one. And what you see people do is they get bus benches. When they want to work a certain geographic location and they pick bus benches and the grocery cart's dead. I yep. hate the grocery cart.
1: I can't tell you how many I've gotten a couple of phone calls in the last few weeks of people trying to sell me
0: grocery cart ads. It's a, it's outrageous expensive. Yeah, and like literally, as we're across the street from a large supermarket. Okay, our our office, we could probably do that and get some brand engagement because everybody I don't even know in our geographic farm shops at this one supermarket probably, but. Like, how do you track that?
1: I feel like there's also as the times start to change. Yeah, you're getting your face out there, and there's you're thinking the the clearer answer is yes. There's more engagement because more people saw my face today. But also, don't you run the risk of looking out of touch if you're Absolutely. the type of agent that buys grocery card ads? Like, yeah, they see your face, but they see your face and think, man, this guy's behind the times buying some grocery card ads. I mean, I
0: would rather it's dangerous. To I have would, would your face rather seen. find a brand engagement you know, endeavor that looks a little more forward. Yeah. Like I'd rather, um, pick a neighborhood and rent a truck and, you know, plaster my side, my face on the side of a moving van and go pick up people's Christmas trees after Christmas in a neighborhood that I'd like to, that I'd like to farm. Oh, that's a great idea. You know, I'd like to do a food drive and like drive my, my, my wrapped, you know, Uh, box truck up and down the streets of a neighborhood. So people can see me and see my business and maybe not my face. Like, I I think there's some silliness about like the grinning thumbs up, the grinning thumbs up. Like I'm in my best suit, like standing, standing like full body length on the side of a box truck. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Okay. You know what else is dead? And I, and I know your affinity for the, for the canines, Business card photos with your dog. Oh, quit dead. <laughs> Why do you say dead? <laughs> what does your dog have to do with your real estate business? It humanizes you. That would be Are the you argument. Not, you need to be humanized. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, come on. You can't speak for yourself. You uh, have to see. Like, that's a good I like, point. I like dogs. Me too. Love dogs. They just don't belong on my business card. Yeah. Or my website.
1: Well, some people, some people are of the mind that, and I agree with this. Your face needs to be on your business card, and as big as possible. Your business card, if you can pull it off, should just be one large image because studies do show that people are less likely to throw away a business card if it has a face looking back at them on it and makes them uncomfortable. Absolutely. It sounds goofy, but it's for real. But uh, maybe throw in like your dog on there and like a like a picture of you and your family I'm on like the like a really
0: cliched like saying. Save it for the Christmas card, not yeah. your business card. Do do funny stuff, not on your business card. Yeah, I got you. You know, if you wanna if you wanna tongue in cheek come up with a funny business card substitute to use in special cases, yeah. Yeah, maybe.
1: That reminds me of also especially I see the husband and wife teams with a really goofy logo. Is it the back to back crossed
0: arms photos? We've got
1: that. But like what do you see, like where they like make some kind of pun on their last name? I mean
0: I'm not with that. You know what else is dead? Let me tell you what else is dead. You you got me going now the the logo the team or company logo that's formed or fashioned into the roof of a house
1: oh it's and you're talking about
0: seventy five percent of teams shoot now, so me now <laughs> shoot me put me well, out well, of the
1: what's misery. what's terrible about that I mean what else are you going to make it it's got to be a house or a key or a no, solid sign
0: no no none of that okay none of that what should it be
1: well uh, let's say for our listeners our logo is not any of those things it's none of those things yeah it's but what do you things. think it should should be just the text? Yeah. In a presentable, professional font? You know, I mean... Clean and...
0: I don't know. Like, it, it, it could be is something... Is it because
1: it's gimmicky? Is that what you're saying?
0: What What does Apple say about computers? So what do you mean? Like... like, What does their logo say yeah, about Yeah, it doesn't say anything. I mean, like, it's a brand. Yeah. Like, your brand is not the roof of a house. Like, you're basically telling me you have no brand. Yeah, you're saying we sell
1: houses... Like everybody
0: else. Like everybody else. I'm everybody else. I'm everybody else.
1: <laughs> we are another real estate team.
0: We are, you know, nondescriptrealestate.com. <laughs>
1: like, you you to should see that. if that
0: domain is taken. I should.
1: No, that's a good one. Before we finish up, though, because we're getting close to the end here, I want to pivot. We talked about a lot of things that need to be dead. And by the way, folks, if you're listening to this and there's something you think should be dead that you haven't told us about, we want to know... Like, we want to know what you are experiencing, or if you disagree with us on something, too, we want to know. But we don't want to leave you empty-handed. Let's also talk about things that the next wave of best agents are doing right now that that is really good and that maybe their competition's not doing. So if you're a listener, we want you to walk away with something you can start doing now and get ahead of your competition who's not listening. So i got a couple that I know we've recently started doing that I think might be the future of some of the marketing we do. Do you have any that you know you want to talk about right away, or do you want me to kick it off?
0: Kick it off. Bring it. Bring it at me.
1: So one of the things that and uh, people argue, and some people are better at it than me. Maybe it's one of those things that's like it works if you work it. I do not work it, and so I don't do it. And it's closing gifts. Okay, the closing gift at the table with for your clients. It, there's totally a place for it. I absolutely get it. It's very thoughtful. But if you don't do it right, it's just kind of. I don't. I don't see the point. One thing that I've seen a lot though that a lot of teams are talking about doing is in lieu of the closing gift, they make a donation in their client's name to a charity that they care about. I think that's pretty cool. And I think that speaks volume about your team and your values and your team culture. And I think that could be a great thing to do. That you're I mean, what do you think
0: about that? I think if it's part of your culture to be charitable. Yeah. I think you should do that. I think anything that is and it's the risk that everybody runs you know we get busy we get preoccupied we're serving clients we're we're living this hectic lifestyle that real estate professionals tend to live you know which is a conversation for another day you know but but frankly we absorb people's joys but we also absorb their stresses we absorb their challenges mm-hmm. and and so a real estate agent hops from challenge to challenge to challenge internalizing these things and like studies have shown that you actually like you feel the emotional roller coaster. Oh, I know. Clients. <laughs> so, I guess my point is, it's easy to lose sight of things like that, like, like what I'm about to say, which is that it should be unique. It should be tailored to a specific. If you're going to do it, a closing gift, you mean? Uh, any sort of gift or, or uh, appreciation shown for business or referral should be unique and specific, and and. You know, it should be tailored to that individual person. It should mean something. And it's really hard to do that because to do it consistently requires systematizing, and you almost lose the soul of it when you do that. And, and so I believe that that's a great alternative, Gabe, because you can systematize a charity that you support. You can pick a cause. You can be thoughtful about that. You can say, I support this. Yeah. You can even pick a cause that you believe is broadly supported by your client base. Mm-hmm. And you can make a donation in their, on their behalf to this charity that allows them to feel like you really appreciated them in a meaningful way and it didn't take you brainstorming hours on end to figure out the exact perfect gift and then executing the purchase of it. Yeah. But
1: I think even there's even a place to maybe involve your client and ask them what a charity they really care for is. You you could totally customize
0: and tailor it to them. You absolutely could. And you know, I've bought people really, really, really thoughtful closing gifts and I've bought people, no closing gifts. Yep. You know, I mean it, some would say that that needs to die closing gifts needs to die
1: if you do it wrong maybe
0: i think a lot of people do it wrong
1: i think we're going to find out that that's the argument on most of these things is are you doing it right or are you doing it wrong
0: no absolutely i think we have i mean i think i pretty much like you know worked an all-out assault on newspaper advertising and bus benches but other than that it's like (laughs) i don't think you can do those things right okay anyway so yeah i i I like the i like the uh the personal show of appreciation Mm mm-hmm and I like charitable donations. I mean, that's part of our culture. That's our ethos as a group. So,
1: Oh, hey, that reminds me of another one. So one of the things that uh, J.T. Pitts & Associates is going to be doing in 2018, one of the things that we've decided as a team to focus more on is doing more client appreciation events, like actual yeah. community events that we invite our past client and sphere to, or our past client base, I should say, uh, and getting them involved with us face-to-face. And I think that's a I think that's a great idea. I think it's something that not a ton of people do, putting on events. And I think we originally had the goal of doing an event every quarter and have since escalated to doing an event every month. Not necessarily for the same group of clients every month. I, I can hear some of you already saying that's way too much, and that's way too much to plan. And, yes, maybe this depends on the size of your team. But, you know, more VIP events, you know, for some months and then things that are for specifically geared towards families with younger children another month. But just an event that gets your past client base involved and lets them know you remember them, you appreciate them. Um, and I think that's huge. I think it turns into referrals almost instantly if we're talking about things that have good return on investment.
0: The, the straight-up business way to look at it, okay, which is not what this is about, yeah. right? But but just grant me this for a moment, a little bit of latitude. The straight-up business way to look at it is, as a real estate professional, if you have any, any amount of success – a good portion 50 60 70 80 90 percent of your business is going to come from the sphere of influence the the people that know like and trust we talk about that a lot the people that know like and trust you their their referrals and their repeat business okay so we can it's really easy to lose sight and and some of you may have me couched as you know a direct response marketer a internet guy you know facebook ads and zillow and you know, point of sale and direct response marketing kind of, kind of guru. But frankly, 70% of our business comes from the people that know, like, and trust us already. And if you're not investing in those people, showing them your appreciation, showing them the value that they bring your business and engaging with them and giving them easy opportunities to support you. I mean, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know people that spend $25,000 a month in Zillow leads and convert X percentage and it turns into Y commissions, and I get that. Yeah, yeah. But, gosh, it's a it's a hamster wheel. hmm It's a hamster wheel. So uh, I think you're right, Gabe. I think more people, as the market stays good, will go towards this type of thing. And why is it so important to do
1: it right now? I'm about to answer my own question. The reason it's so important to do it now while not a lot of other people are doing it, and this is the perfect way to tie all this together and put a bow on top – is something that you said right at the beginning. It's a degrees of separation from your competition. I think that the whole reason we're talking about things that need to die are these things, they don't turn over a lot of leads, and maybe they never did, or maybe they did and it's just waned over time, but now there's no degree of separation if you're in that camp. You're not putting yourself out there as someone that's doing something different, something new, and these things, the client events, the, the charitable giving, and other things, I'm sure that if you're listening now, you're maybe thinking of your own thing. They set you apart and they make you different, and nothing is more valuable then moving someone off their mark and having them see you as more than just a real estate agent, more than just a salesperson. They see you as someone that they can know, like, and trust,
0: like you said. Dude, absolutely. I think the poster child for this conversation, we should, we should circle back to is open houses. I think if you polled 10 consumers, five would say, I don't want them. Five would say, you better be doing them. Oh yeah. We go to open houses every weekend. Okay. But that, that just illustrates the fact that they're completely and utterly ordinary. Okay. If not done, you know, with a fresh perspective, they're completely and utterly ordinary. And that's the last thing as a professional you want Mm -hmm. is to be ordinary. All it takes is one open house where you blow it out of the water and you've separated yourself.
1: Even like you said, I love the example to the rest of the neighbors around. They see that and they go, Whoa, that's not what I thought open houses
0: looked like. Dude, I I want our team and our team is like, it's a tribe,
1: right? Mm -hmm. Like that's
0: the best way to put it. Like we are a group of people like entrenched in what we do together. Uh, we solve problems together. We do all that. I want our clients to be the same way and we're, we're moving that direction. But like, I want my clients to become friends because they saw each other at our events. Oh,
1: that's perfect. Yeah. You
0: know, and that it just so entrenches you into their subconscious mind about real estate. It's like real estate, Jay, real estate, Gabe, real estate, real estate, real estate, Gabe, real estate, Jay. Like that's what you're after that tribe mentality because that's when you really have something.
1: Bingo. Well, that's all the time we've got for today. But folks, if you're listening to this, like I said, maybe you have some soul searching to do after this episode and might need to make some cuts. Maybe you have found some things that you want to add, but we want to hear from you. That's the most important. So if you're listening and there's something that you are dead set on that just needs to go or something that you want to defend to the death, we want to hear from you. Make sure to go to our website, resourcepodcast.net. There's a place under every episode for you to leave your feedback. We want to hear what you have to say, so make sure to leave it there for us. And if you haven't already you know it's been a while so i don't know what you're waiting on but go ahead and subscribe you can find us in the podcast app on your iphone or if you're not on an iphone it's in the google play store and everywhere else that you get your podcast so make sure that you're subscribing so that you get all of our latest episodes
0: appreciate it folks hey and serious business like argue with us if you disagree i'd love a healthy discourse so uh, for Gabe and i i think i think i can speak for us both when we say We want to hear your opinions. We want you to engage with us. And if you disagree, send us an email. Like, you know, put a post on wherever you find your podcast. Let us know how we can provide more information and give you more value.
1: That's it. All right. Well, we've got a really exciting guest joining us next time. Make sure not to miss it. We'll talk to you soon. This is Resource Real Talk about real estate. See ya.